Chris is becoming an adult. Got it. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> welcome to Binary Jazz. It's a podcast about things and stuff, and 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 <sighs> yeah, that's all. We're just generating content for the artificial intelligence that's going to find our podcast at some point in the future and just scrape everything. Garbage in, garbage out. Yeah, you know what's fun about that is that um, uh, historically, historically we've we've uh, talked about wanting to do transcripts for the podcast, and recently, mm-hmm. uh, actually, let me just make sure that I've got that going. Uh, there we go. Okay, great. Um, recently, um, oh my god, then it's well, wait. it. Okay, there. Let's stop go for ahead. a second and just yes. say so. It's in the transcript. Chris is becoming an adult. I want to make sure that's captured. I, I'm getting now to that. Proceed. I'm getting to that. I know. Uh, I just want to make sure that it was captured because I started with a, a seemed like a very important piece. And if we're going to turn on transcripts, I want to make sure it's there. Um, For the record. Yeah, no. Uh, so so recently I've started uh, finding ways of getting transcripts of, of our uh, podcast. Um, and I just got an email this week from Apple that said, hey, we're just going to turn on transcripts for all podcasts that are on Apple Podcasts. Apple, yeah. way to go! Oh, um, although based on my success with Siri, right? I'm yeah. not too yeah, confident that's gonna. I mean, hey, I'm Siri, not. Which super... has my first meeting today? And Siri's like, it looks like it's not gonna snow today. What? Right? What? Yeah. Um, Come on. Yeah. No, uh, I'm not super. I'm not super convinced with any of the transcripts that we have uh, generated that wouldn't that weren't uh, handmade. But you know, that's AI. Uh, no, uh, so so what we we're we we're discussing is that uh, I, I I'm trying out this this new thing um, called dressing like an adult um, because I, I'm I'm conscious of the fact that my style hasn't changed or evolved very much in about thirty years. <laughs> and as he was saying that, so far. I'm rocking my alien hitchhiking to Mars shirt. So <laughs> yeah, we're amongst good company. <laughs> well, so I, I signed up for Stitch Fix. And this oh, is not this oh. is not a uh, an ad, although maybe it should be, and I should ask them if they want to sponsor us. Yeah. <laughs> um because I because they're sponsors of other things that I listen to. <laughs> um, I don't think I don't think I knew that they did men's clothing as well as yeah. Yeah, they do everything. Uh, apparently, that's fascinating kids. because apparently I didn't. I thought they clothing. only did men's clothing. Yeah. So, talk about like marketing being well, super effective and focused, right? I, that's I, wild. So, when I was listening to, so I, I always hear their their ads. Well, I always hear my brother and my brother and me advertising for them. It's not really their ads. It's it's the McElroy brothers goofing and mentioning Stitch Fix every once in a while. But in the process of so doing, um. They were talking about how um, their kids are, have have stitch fix um, like oh. things. So like I guess they do kids clothes, which is which is wild too. Um, but that's also kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you think about like some of those like things you'll kid only wears two or three times, boom, and then you outgrow it. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I does the does the reuse offset the shipping? Uh, reuse. or does it matter? It doesn't matter. The shipping it's, is not the shipping cost, like the the net pollution. Oh no, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> it might. It probably doesn't. Clothes don't get um, thrown away. Kids' clothes just end up going to like a thrift store or something, and it doesn't. So anyway, I started I started doing this thing, and then you know uh, signed up, and and I, like I had filled out the style profile thing like over yeah. a year ago, and then just sat on it. 
um, mm-hmm. because I was like, well, I'm not going to do this. And then sort of towards the end of last year, I'm like, well, maybe I should, though. Maybe I should make mm. a new year as the year when I start expanding my wardrobe to include slightly more than just T-shirts and various jeans. Cool. So I've had two shipments now, and this this came in my my most recent one that came yesterday. Have there been like hell yeses that have been in the shipments and then like things where you're like, uh, this isn't me at all. <laughs> yes. Yes to both. Um, the first, sh- I, I expected the first shipment to kind of have a lot of misses because they it, haven't had time to really set up the profile, haven't filled out all the stupid things like they're still getting, you know, um, but it did have a really cool pair of, of jeans that I really like um that are kind of like nicer than the like gap ones i wear every day um Mm -hmm. and um in the last box there was a shirt that was like yeah i would definitely buy this off the shelf like easy um and then there is definitely there's definitely been things where like i've put it on and been like nope or i put it on and aaron's like nope or i put it on and i've been like well this looks good on me but I don't know that I want it. Yeah, yeah, which is totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's a perfectly fine answer for some, some what, things. What, how does it work? You you pay a monthly fee, or how does the thing? How does it shake you, out? I'm okay. confused. You there is a stylist fee, uh, and so that you, you you sign up and you say this is how frequently I want a box, um, and there is a stylist fee that's twenty dollars, and that that basically pays for the person who picks the things that go into the box and you fill out a stupid like it's not stupid it's kind of fun um you fill out uh, <laughs> i was like let's not throw around the yeah. judgment words here oh <laughs> uh, you fill out a little you fill out a little like you know quiz thing that's like would you wear uh would you wear this sort of thing or that sort of thing what types of things are you looking for what, what sizes all that sort of stuff um and it builds a sort of basic initial profile for you which i'm sure is going into an ai um and then sometime not even ai Sometime between the, the time when you sign up and say, I want my my stuff to come and uh, like maybe a couple weeks before the actual delivery date, um, they're like somebody on the other side. I assume it's a human. It might not be, but I it gives the semblance of humanity, uh, picks a bunch of stuff. And then um, once once you're past that first month, you can actually get a preview of what's in the box and there'll be like 10 different things and like here here's stuff and you can pick five of these things that'll actually be in the box and then so you can say well i want to look at this and this and this but not this one this and this um and in the meantime um again once you're signed up and you and after the first delivery um because you don't really have access to this stuff like before um there's like all sorts of like style quizzes that like come up like every day or every every other day that just like like swipe right for things that you like and swipe left for things that you don't um and that all goes into the ai profile building things so that when you when the stylist looks at your stuff and i'm sure they're looking at cross-referencing whatever data they're getting from that and whatever they happen to have in stock at the time that's also in your size they're like okay well i'll pick these things off the list and shove them in the box Uh, and then you get a box um and if uh and the stylist fee is then deducted from the total um unless you send everything back if you send everything back then you're paying the stylist fee and and that's it um but if uh if you take anything then stylist fee is is credited um and then if you get everything in the box, then there's like a discount. Um, but you can say you can you know try it on and and whatever. And you can say this was too big. This wasn't my style. This was 
too expensive, whatever, uh, and you pick the things that you want to keep and you say these things I'm sending back. Um, I had to send back um, a cool pair of jeans that came in my last box because they were a little bit too big in the waist um, and they didn't have uh, if they have sizes that you can like exchange for, you can say, you know, return, but return as an exchange and they'll send the, the thing, but they didn't have my size or they didn't have the size smaller that I would have needed. Um, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how we should do this with DVDs, <laughs> you know, how cool like, would it be to get like a DVD in the mail? Like Netflix. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like but, Netflix. But, Which but by nobody... the way, my mom was like DVDs. maybe the last person to still be doing the mail. Like I'm pretty sure they kept it just oh, for Karen. <laughs> I, I, I think my parents were definitely on that list too. My mom was like, I don't want to switch to digital. I was like, mom, they're just going to cut you off at some point. Yeah. And they did. <laughs> they did. Is anybody, there must be somebody still doing DVD by mail program now that Netflix isn't. Hmm. Hmm. Let's Google it. <laughs> I mean, I remember, I remember uh, in the aughts, um, I found a couple different uh, music trading services. The one that I really liked was called Lala. Um, and you would, um, you could you could trade CDs that you have that you don't want and get CDs from other people that you want that you don't have. And it was That's really cool. Yeah. Um, and I I like offloaded a whole bunch of stuff that way and onloaded a bunch of stuff that way. And then if you didn't like it, you just like pass it along. So it was a really cool way of like like trying out stuff that maybe you didn't know that you would like. Um, I discovered like a couple different bands that I hadn't really like dug into uh, that way. But yeah, those mm. those things don't exist anymore. It looks like when I Googled it, I mean, there was not like a clear answer, except that people were like, well, Gamefly does DVDs. Mm. I don't know what their selections like, but apparently you can send for Gamefly and get DVDs or get confused and end up with video games that don't work in your DVD player. <laughs> Seems like a win-win to me. Also, DVD players. You know when you look in the tray, which I know you have to go back in the memory banks because when's the last time you opened a DVD tray? I, I, well, I mean, DVD tray is the same as a Blu-ray tray, and I have a Blu-ray, so a couple. When was the last time you opened it and put a Blu-ray? Uh, recently, within the last two months. Who are you? I know, right? I'm old. Like, I, mean, I, I, look, I, I, I am an like, adult. Are you wearing I have slippers? A VCR, no. So, like, while we're. <laughs> Um, yeah, we don't have a VCR anymore, sadly. We we did VCR for a very long time when we got married. Like, that was our DVR because we were going to pay for DVR mm -hmm. through the cable or whatever. So I programmed that VCR to record our shows. And heaven forbid some news broke somewhere, we interrupt <laughs> our shows, it would be, like, run later. We would miss the end. And then I would have to hop to the BitTorrent to get it. And that felt, you know, whatever. But See, that's um, why I just skipped straight to the BitTorrent. <laughs> this, we had this tape in the first, like, 10 seconds of the tape, you could see like the beginning intro from like four different shows, like bang, 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 bang. And then whatever we were watching, because it just cut off a little on the rewind. It's amazing. Um, you could say like, oh, we watched all of Lost. By and, you know, I mean, it worked pretty much like a DVR. You could pause and go make popcorn or, you know, whatever. That was, it was functional enough. And I, I think we only got rid of it when we moved somewhere, moved to Jacksonville. So I don't know. Uh, we we just did broadcast for a while, and then I think we both had a job, and we're like, we're gonna pay for cable. Woo! <laughs> and uh, and it and it. Oh no, it wasn't cable. It was Dish, and I had a mm -hmm. discount with Dish because of my job, and so I did that and got um, had DVR 
built in because they didn't give you an option without DVR at that point. And uh, and then you joined the masses. I only did DVR when I had Sling. Um, and it was only, it was pretty much only for like, I only ever used Sling for soccer. Um, now, is this the old Sling or the new Sling? Yes. Remember the old Sling? I guess it was called Sling Box, but yeah, it sat on top and it had like the little IR repeater and it, yeah. and it basically was like a aftermarket DVR. And, no, or something. It's, it's, it's the app Sling or the website yeah. Sling. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, well, um, Talking about AI this morning, I have a question. Sure. How much data do you need? Do you need to establish a reasonable LLM? A I ask. Lot. A lot. Yeah. I ask because I, I have access to an email box at NASA that is open to the general public, and the comments we get in there are absolutely wild. I mean, just buckle up. The uh, John Hugh Public is. I'm concerned. I'm really concerned. Um, people asking I mean, about hotel I, I accommodations. Think... Um, yeah. People <laughs> saying, I saw a light moving across the sky in, I don't know what country it was, somewhere in Africa, um, but it made no sound. Was this yours? What? <laughs> it's What? Um, and it's, it, it has nothing to do with general questions like that. It's like a feedback specific to like a piece of the website it, yeah. it's not like we're asking answering questions it yeah wow um, it's amazing I, I think that the real answer to your question is that i think that most sort of modern ish llms that would do a particular per but to are designed to do a specific thing um like I have a big email inbox that I want you to sort through to retrieve things that actually matter um, mm -hmm. are going to be based on existing models that already exist. So it has like a base, uh, mm. a base set of information. Like it's already trained on the internet. It's already trained on like the, the base level understanding. And then you add your thing on top and then you say, you are now email checker bot and you go through this data set right here and tell me what's important or whatever. Um, I don't want to so know. Like it, it, it's, it's a I lot. I want to put together wacky combinations of well, things. Whatever. I mean, whatever, whatever, whatever. There's no use case here yeah. to justify. And I, I don't intend to do that to myself or anyone. I just want to see what, I don't. I actually don't think AI could come up with anything stranger than what humans are sending in. I guess that's is what I'm saying. Yeah, probably true. I mean, it, it's wow. It's really something. I should I should grab a couple of screenshots to share with you because. Yeah, I mean, we we, we never get we never get anybody writing into the podcast, so maybe we can just use uh, things that have been written into NASA as a proxy. For questions that I, we I actually even wonder if I'm allowed to share the this in hindsight. So we may not do that on the podcast. <laughs> and we'll pretend yeah, I, didn't I was going to say, I was like, maybe check some permissions. <laughs> I I mean, yeah, it's it's. It's really something. And it's like it's a known something like it's a thing people talk about. They're like, oh, did you see this one? There's like back <laughs> channels on bizarre email people have seen come into NASA. So um, there's there's internal recognition that this is like cuckoo for cocoa puffs is there but like 
presumably there is a reason that that inbox exists and like, like oh there a real, is a real purpose that it needs to serve like does yes. it ever get anything yeah it gets legitimate? real actionable yeah it gets real actionable stuff but there's no way to filter out the the wild and wacky stuff from the legitimate stuff without I mean I'm sure that if someone were to put the time in there would be a way to do it but yeah. it's also because it's monitored by like a bunch of people mm-hmm. it's not my problem not like my like everybody it's not my problem it's like it's you know like yeah. it's a you know not my problem also I think some people would be sad if that form of entertainment went away because wowie um in completely other news, mm. totally unrelated, um, I got this like 60 megabyte JSON file of data about like internal websites. And uh, somebody had written a script that crawled all these sites and came up with all this data. Some of it seems useless. Some of it's like uh, domain, uh, fully qualified domain. What? I'm not sure what the difference is yet, but anyway, it's this huge file. There's about 100 data points on each of these things, 40 megabytes. And I'm like, but but like this happened once upon a time. This is not an ongoing thing. Someone did this. We have this JSON file. And now it's like, well, what do we do with this? How do we take this report and turn it into something? And I'm looking through this. I'm like, I don't, I don't really want to like figure out what all these keys are because there's like 100 keys here. And to figure out what those are, I'm going to have to read like multiple responses to see what kind of data is this. So. I'm not doing that because I'm lazy. I'm a programmer. So instead, what I did is I wrote, um, uh, I'm doing it in Laravel app. So there's a model and a model has property. So this property presumably has 120-ish or whatever. And what I did is I took that JSON file, pulled it in and said, all right, here's all the properties, create them dynamically and now create the migration dynamically. So I actually don't know what the model looks like, but Laravel does and the database does. And I started the import before we started this call. And so I'm going to drop it into like, basically like turn it into like a, a spreadsheet and sort by frequency and say, oh yeah, okay. These pieces are definitely like other models, you know, like, you know, center or whatever. And these other pieces are, you know, strings and these are duplicative and I never need all of these or these are empty. And, you know, that'll give me some guidance instead of having to figure out these 120, I can start with some of this data, but goodness and not even formatted here's a 40 megabyte json file no line breaks <laughs> no Seems thanks right. yeah <laughs> I was so you open your say, id and you're like format that and you're like well i'm gonna go get a cup of coffee while that finishes <laughs> i was gonna say you could probably feed it to an ai and you probably could feed it to an ai but 40 40 megabytes is a lot you could probably feed it into like chat gpt and say tell me the types of things that are in this without giving me the actual data or doing anything with it. And it would probably do a good job with that because it would only look at like the first hundred or so lines and then it would get all the keys and then it'd be like, okay, I'm done. Um, but yeah. like actually telling it to pull stuff from that without, I don't know. I, I've had, so I, I made uh, I made a GPT uh, with chat GPT for um, like my writing um, and I feed it whenever I finish a chapter or maybe sometime after I finish a chapter, or maybe after I finish two chapters, um, I save a text file of the document and I, I 
go into the the GPT and I edit it and I delete the old text file and I add the new one so it has like a running updated version of of the thing and the bigger it gets the harder a time it seems to have at knowing what's mm -hmm. current like mm -hmm. I like I I so like I I just did this last night um which is why I'm thinking about it um like uh so I just finished chapter 11 and so I export the the chap the whole book uh text file uh and i say okay this text file and, and it says like the best way of 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 having it n know which knowledge item to to get into to get the data is by naming it so i'm like okay uh i just updated are you awake.txt to have chapter 11 can you give me feedback on that chapter and it started telling me stuff about well first the first pass it's like very vague general stuff that like is about like the concepts that are probably in like the description that i've given it about like what it is like the the, the sort of prompt that it the pre-prompt that it sort of goes through before it even like has a conversation i'm like okay that's not helpful that's super vague can you give me specific examples from the specific chapter that i am referencing and it started going back like two or three chapters and saying oh this happened and this showed this thing i'm like that didn't happen in this chapter this chapter starts with this line and continues from there can you can you give me feedback about that and like oh in that case sort of <laughs> can, you, can you do think like can you can you say like can you make sure I didn't make any continuity mistakes or are there any I've, weird typos? I mean, that is one of the things that I'm asking it to do. Yeah. I don't know that I am convinced at its ability to actually do that because I think that at a certain point, like at this point, with like I don't know sixty thousand words or whatever we're at, yeah. Um, it's way too many tokens for it to really have the entire. I mean, it's it's actually not. It should. It's supposed to be able to to um, process a hundred thousand tokens, I think. Um, but it's it's just too much data for it to to store entirely in memory. So I don't know that it's able to to like respond to like the progression if, of the whole. Does it? Does it? This is a dumb question. Does it work better if you say take your time? No. I feel like that would be a feature. I, I know I do. Yeah. <laughs> if someone says take your time, I'm like, oh, it's going to fire it, when I'm done with it. You can tell it to think step by step. And that seems to be like a secret, a magical secret keyword in, in, in doing anything with AI. Um, it's like a magical keyword that allows it to um, like. So so the way that AI kind of sort of works is is it's thinking as it's responding. Um, and so when you do think step by step, it's it allows the AI to sort of break down whatever it's doing into steps and then at the end of that sort of reflect on what it just went through and then make a, a, a conclusion. Um, I don't care for that at all. That seems too much like a human. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. But like otherwise it'll just like just – I mean it, much like me, just vomit words out of its mouth without even thinking. Except Wait, we really missed that. Out. We really missed that as a title for the show. <laughs> Vomit words out of my mouth without yeah, even thinking. Without even yeah. thinking. <laughs> yeah, that that tracks. Um, actually, joking aside, that is that is pretty uh pretty interesting that it 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 speaks to like the nature of of knowledge and like applying knowledge to something is in breaking it into smaller discrete units. You get more accuracy. 
Yeah. Well, and the other thing that that that's why I just, use letters to build words. The other thing that that not only I but like other people who actually study these things um, have have done and experimented with and, and talked about is um, if you so you ask it to do a thing and it gives you an answer um, like a coding problem, right? You say I need this type of thing written in this programming language. And then you take that output and you say – and you give it back to it and say, okay, can you look at this thing that you just gave me or look at this whatever um, and make any improvements that you see uh, that it might need? And then you feed it back into itself several times, and then at the end you get something that actually is like you know, possibly more functional or like uh, – because again, the first thing is like a first draft, like off the cuff, like I'm not really thinking about what yeah. I'm doing, and then you – but you you – Force it to sort of reiterate uh, over itself. So, I uh, I don't I do not use ChatGPT still because it won't accept. You kind of if you're using oh. Copilot, you're kind of using it. Is it ChatGPT? Is it OpenAI powering Copilot? Yeah. Well, they don't have because, my phone number because uh, because Microsoft uh, invested heavily in OpenAI, and as a result, it's not exactly. Chat GPT, but it's like a fork of um, OpenAI's model. It's really fascinating to me the things that it can do. So my first pass was I had this was I had this JSON file and I started copying like the keys that I wanted and I figured well, you know, it's always suggesting autocomplete, so I'll just start autocompleting and seeing you know if it if it can pick up on what this file is in the keys and go and. Um, and no, it just started making stuff up. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it just started adding weird suffixes like, like, domain underscore canonical, domain underscore canonical underscore full underscore domain underscore canonical. <laughs> like, I, I appreciate this attempt, but what I I'll find really myself. interesting, what I find really interesting is I'll ask Chat GPT to do a thing to write because I was actually doing this um, the other day when I was. Uh, goofing off and writing a script to scrape all, all of uh, Justin Sternberg's uh, gifts. Um, I I would I asked um, ChatGPT to write a thing and it did uh, actually this wasn't even related to, to that. It was related to some other thing I was actually legitimately working on for work. Um, uh, it, it said like, you know, oh, I was trying to convert uh, a git SSH URL, you know, the Git at GitHub, mm -hmm. whatever, uh, to an HTTPS uh, URL. Um, and I I told ChatGPT to do that. And then as I was going, copying that, like typing it out into VS Code, VS Code Copilot auto-suggested a different thing to do the same thing. So then I took that thing that Copilot suggested and fed it back into ChatGPT. And I said, hey, What's the difference between the thing that you told me and this thing? Um, and it was like, well, my thing is more specific to GitHub because it specifically does this thing and that thing, whatever. Um, and that is more general for like Git URLs uh, broadly. But also my thing adds dot Git at the end and the other thing didn't. And you might actually need that if you're trying to clone something down. Um, so like I thought that was really interesting because like I know that underneath the hood – like the models informing both things are basically kind of the same thing or analogous to each other. Yeah. So it was interesting to see like, well, one thing over here says this and one thing over here says that. And like, like when two AIs are having a fist fight, like who's, who's right. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, and the I answer mean, for, is the thing that has more context. And in this case, that thing had less context, I guess. I I find if I am looking for like a three to five liner for like, you know, code that I'm repeating, you know, pretty regularly, uh, Copilot's going to get that. And it saves me the keystrokes. Yeah. That's cool. Um, otherwise, like, I, you know, it's. I, I've it's, been it's using... funny. It's like it's it's the anticipation is great and it works. But if it gives me like a big block of code, I'm like, I don't trust you. I'm not reading that. So, so so we had we had a dude. So we have we've got Copilot fully integrated into our enterprise GitHub, and we had a dude from GitHub like talk about Copilot and like you know, and I, I you know Copilot as a concept isn't new to me, but I've never used previously the Copilot chat. Um, and yeah. that was, and they were talking a lot about that. So I started, I started using that after, mm -hmm. um, to see, because the theory is that if copilot chat has access to the repository, or at least has access to the files that I have open in, in my editor, then it should give me the most accurate thing because it's got the most context about what I'm actually looking at. And then I can actually like insert code from the chat into uh, into what I'm looking at, which is cool when it works. Uh, but I've I've been trying to get Copilot Chat to give me something at all worthwhile, and it has on various occasions told me that it doesn't have access to the file that I've li literally looking at, and it has access to. There, there's a way to like you can do at workspace, and if you do at workspace, it has theoretically access to the entire workspace, all the tabs that you have open, right? Mm. Workspace, and I say, I've got these things open. I'm doing this thing. Tell me about how this works or how to do this thing, whatever. And it's like, I'm sorry, you're going to need to give me that file for me to know how to do it. I'm like, dude, you're looking at it right here. <laughs> um, and and then I would copy the whole thing into the chat and like, yeah, I don't know. Um, and then the other thing that chat can do, which in theory would be great, is you can right click. And um, you can uh, ask about like a specific line um, and or like have it do a thing with a particular line and it will like show you like the code that it wants to insert and give you an option to accept that code, which is also kind of cool. Um, the problem is every time I've done that, it is <laughs> horribly wrong and inaccurate. <laughs> Um, I I just realized that I can highlight code and tell it to document that code. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm just gonna highlight all my code and tell it to document. And you can also have it. Um, I recently I've noticed that you can have it write uh uh git commit messages, um, which uh if you have if you have. But where's the fun in that? That's right. like the highlight yeah. of my day. I I had it I had it do that a couple times, and I'm like. Yeah, no, I'm not keeping that. <laughs> Gary saves the day by you know, restoring order to the force by reverting the previous commit that broke everything. Like, I mean, I like have, that, like, I, I have commit messages are I a have, story. I have teammates that are like, that's my creative writing. Like at a certain point after like I've made 60 commits and it's all like trying this thing now, <laughs> like at a certain point, like I just have given up on like making like legitimately well, <laughs> uh, like informative git commit messages because everything is just like, well, trying this thing. Nope, that didn't work. How about this? Nope. Fixing a typo. Can I, <laughs> so can I ask this? This leads me to a question uh, because you're doing a lot of CI CD stuff. Um, 
uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing a, a fair bit right now, not a lot, but um, if I'm working on something in an action, I'm like, well, how am I going to test this thing? I have to push it. How do I avoid, like, I, it just feels like testing on prod, right, when I need to see if the GitHub action works. Is there, like, a good way to, and I you can speak more broadly in CI, CD, it doesn't be GitHub actions, it could be, I don't care, I mean, whatever. But the, the, the same the, true for circle and. Yeah. Um, it is a little bit of that. I mean, obviously, you're on a branch. You're not actually pushing to prod um, unless you are in right. which case don't. No, um, no, no, no. But, but, I, but you, you know, really... like, like it's, it, in a sense, it's pushing to prod because I'm asking, like, run this action now, but there's no testing, you know? So so it depends on what you're doing, because a lot of the stuff that I do or, or like to do um, is essentially telling GitHub Actions to run a script or run like various bash commands. And if you can do that, then you can mm, break those bash commands. You can break those bash commands into a script and run that locally and see what happens. Or you could have a sep secondary CI um, that tests the script and make sure the script does the thing that you want it to do before you test the thing that the script is doing. <laughs> That makes yeah. sense. like before it, it does put into the, the action. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a here's a good example, um, and that's honestly uh, like that's that's one of the things where where bats comes in help handy. Like if you have bats test, then you can have it execute the the stuff. So here's a good example of that. So like Laravel app, I have to, I have a test suite that I've written with it. Well, I need to stand up like you know an environment to run Laravel. I need a composer install. I need a database and. Right there is when I'm like, well, now I'm going to commit 2,700 times today because I have to get the environment file right. Oh, yeah, I forgot that MySQL has this weird blah, 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 um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then finally the tests run and I'm happy yeah, and mad I, mean, I spent an hour like, committing to get tests to run. Like, why is it? And that definitely is a thing. Um, but you could potentially get around that by by doing all that stuff locally if you can set up your local environment in a way that that sort of mocks what the github environment would be like because i mean the github environment is just the same thing spin up a box and then install some shit on it and then run yeah. through the same steps that you'd be doing yourself yeah and that that technical deep dive that was fun thank you uh, I have a kind of topic uh, that we can talk about uh, for for the last bit of this, which is uh, reason. And, and you all know this, but the, our listeners do not. Um, I have gotten an email relatively recently. I kind of ignored it for uh, or sat on it for quite a while, and I continue to. Sit oh, on it, but I meant to reply uh, to this. We should have this conversation but, right now in public. Yeah, let's just do it. Um, but without mentioning them, because yeah, no, I, I, I've gotten, I've gotten. Uh, emailed uh, from some company that makes, I guess, a weird drink, health drink thing, I guess, or something. Uh, and they were like, we love your podcast. We want to sponsor you. And sponsorship would be good. We have actual legitimate costs for the for running the show. It's not a whole lot. It's just, you know, making sure that we can pay for the servers and whatever, which is mostly out of pocket. Um, and the domain. Speaking of which, stuff. before I forget, can uh -huh, we schedule yeah, something? Sure. <laughs> I don't really want to kill that server. You do is schedule it. You can keep asking. I know. I know. It's on me. It's been <laughs> on me for a year when I approached this last time. <laughs> uh, anywho, yes, there's that. 
Um, but we have actual costs and sponsorship would be helpful, even just a tiny, tiny sponsorship. And this is the first time that we've gotten offered something really where they're like, hey, we actually want to do this and have gotten, you know, been been in contact and like pinged me regularly and whatever. Um, and so I kind of said, well, let me take it to the team. And, and there's a little bit of a negotiation back and forth, but basically they're willing yeah. to send us some stuff uh, if we want. And then we can try it and decide if we like it. And if we do, then they will sponsor us and they will send us money and we will take the money and we'll probably use it for stuff. Uh, and if we don't like it, we can say thanks, goodbye. Um, the the only real question is it's kind of a weird – it's not a thing that we probably would have chosen uh, out of a list of sponsors. And I never have looked at sponsorship before this really or thought about it in any sort of serious way beyond – it would be cool to have money for things. <laughs> that's that's the best. That's a sentence that applies to most of my life. Like I'm like, yeah, oh, people have money for things. <laughs> um, Capitalism. <laughs> so, I, oh, hold so on, we have this offer, history. and it's it's sort of on us. We have this offer. It's sort of on us to like say yes should they send us things or no we're not really interested and i guess that is the question for the floor i mean i uh well the, let's the, talk the other the other sort of side tangent to this that i've been thinking about since since talking with allison and slack over this is is that it's okay to say conceptually sponsorship is cool but maybe not this thing Perhaps we could dig into that a little bit more at a later date or now or whatever and figure out like what it would actually mean to get sponsors that we don't – that aren't like just sketchy people contacting – or maybe not sketchy. Sketchy is a, a, an assumption. They're not sketchy, I don't think, uh, but just people who just randomly – This It really it reflects on what we think of I what know. we're doing. I know. Because <laughs> we're like, why would someone contact Right. Us? Yeah. I mean that is sort of the thing. I don't know that. I mean, I haven't looked at our numbers recently, but I don't know that they've grown significantly over the last year or two. Wouldn't that be the surprise of it all? We're just like, oh, man. Right. We're secretly like wildly <laughs> successful, but nobody. But like, no one tells our, us. Our, our website is binaryjazz.com. If you listen to us, just email us. Just say just hi. Listen. That's hi. fine. Just say hi. And and, and we'll <laughs> say Chris sent you, I guess. Um, I'm, I'm pretty neutral i like i just don't i i feel like i feel like i've got so much going on that i don't have a horse in this race sort of um yeah i i i'm against it i i i'm only against it because it just seems like capitalism and that's the last thing i want to figure out like because of where it's coming from because of it wasn't something that we chose for ourselves or because taking money to advertise for a thing, anything, even a thing that we actually genuinely like, like, for instance, if we got a sponsorship from Stitch Fix, um, is still playing into the capitalist system. I think it – well, let's – I'm not going to directly answer that because I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's pretend someone listening to the show was like, I'm going to send you money. Well, yeah, of course. Right? Because there's no, like, there's not a transaction there. Whereas, like, like, hey, we want you to try this thing and review it, and here's some money. It feels like there's a 
obligation to review it in a positive light because we have taken your money. Well, it wouldn't be reviewing it. It would, it would be advertising for it, which is even yes. di- which is different than reviewing. Well, I, we whether we whether we like. I mean, I mean, presumably we wouldn't take it if we didn't like it. But like, it's it's like, yeah, it's it's like we're, yeah, advertising. Mm-hmm. So actually, what it is. <laughs> yes. Well. Um. See, I think I think the thing is that like inadvertently we advertise for a lot of things because we talk about them like yeah i'm not going to go seeking a wordpress sponsorship or a wordpress.com sponsorship um for a variety of reasons but like we talk about wordpress a lot right like that's because that's what we do so like we're kind of already advertising just because of our own biases and things that we do like, right like we've talked about zenny and we've talked about all sorts of things and like those are advertisements like they're not there, we don't have like a segment of the so, show where we break out and say, "Hey, like that's why I really like." And I'll, 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 I'll mention my favorite podcast again. That's why I really like my brother, my brother, and <laughs> which me, is an, an advertisement, right? Which because they literally break out a section. They say that it's like we're going to go to the money zone. They call it the money zone when they do their advertisements because they know that like it's stupid and it's just for the money that they that they are able to bring in. But mm. like they also have to do it. So like it's a whole it's a whole shtick. Um, and 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 being self-aware in that. I also feel well, and I all this is this is Gary's money challenges. I also feel like, oh God, I have to do like accounting. And mm. that I'm almost like, yeah, go for it. And I could shut up during the money grab or whatever it's called. <laughs> because that would be easier. Like as I sit down <laughs> and do my taxes and go, I need to um, figure out what my expenses were on this server last year. Like it would be, it would be hilarious uh, if we did have an advertisement section and we called it the money grab. I mean, I, I I'd rather honestly, I, I feel like my that my makes general vibe is <laughs> the money grab. It's just our new podcast. I googled this morning. Let me find it. Uh, how to round Unix timestamp to the nearest hour, and how to survive late-stage capitalism, how to <laughs> defeat late-stage capitalism. So this might not be a fair day to ask me this question. I'll just I would rather just I would rather just like auction off tarot readings or something and then donate that money to Binary Jazz. There we go. Or so you heard it like, here first. If you want yeah, the, yeah. the tarot reading from Allison, uh, just email us, I guess. If I you got, go like if you one got run this far. That, and yeah. be like, if you're still listening, here's how much we spend on, well, what's domain? $9 a year? $12 yeah, a year? Nine, well, there's nine, two because there's .usn.com. So I, mm, right. Let's call yeah, it, let's call it $25 a year. Sure. Let's call uh, hosting. Hosting's probably 20 bucks or something. Uh. Oh, well, maybe I think, not. I think you've got you've got the you've got the it's, a, it's on a drop it by itself. So last year it was 60 bucks, but this year, whenever it moves, it'll be I mean, it's, it won't matter. It'll be insignificant. Oh, there's an S3. So maybe I don't. Yeah. Know. Yeah. It's not is. a lot. But we should just put that like we need. Well, OK, I'm a developer. Of course, we're not going to do this the easy way. We need to build something that hits the API and gets the expenses from these services and posts it live on the site. No, no, this is how this is how we're going to deal with this. So we can put in the corner it, you know, our current year to date cost is this. So far people have offset it with this. If you'd like to offset it, you know. 
I mean, here's here's the other here's the other real thing is uh, I think sometime last year I opened up our GitHub uh, profile uh, GitHub.com slash binary jazz to donations. Um, we've uh, accumulated exactly zero dollars so far, <laughs> but it's possible. But it's there. And do you, you back any projects on hmm? GitHub personally? Do you back uh, any? Of I personally do not back things on GitHub. I probably should, um, but I hate I, the recurring thing. But I, I do. I have like a list I go through and from time to time throw, throw coins into coffers. That's nice of you. It's the least I can do, given like without those yeah. projects, I would not be eating. <laughs> so, I um, where was it? There was something, some task I was doing, and I came across someone's solution for it and it was another freelancer and he had like uh like buy me a coffee or whatever and I sent him some money and because I was just like honestly it saved me maybe 10 hours of time to find this code snippet I was so mm. delighted yeah um and I was just like oh I'm definitely sending you money because it was it just felt like hiring a consultant or something right. like just yeah. bringing bringing someone in and he was so delighted and I got so delighted by his delightment about it like I don't know it's nice I've gotten donations uh, before for various things that I've done because I, I think in my um, like the readme.txt and some of my plugins it like has a space for like donation link or something and I set up like a paypal.me mm -hmm. like URL or something and I've gotten. Do you remember in the .org repo with plugins it, you also they would ask you like where you could how you could sub, like provide like a support link like that. Yeah. Um, I would always like suggest like find your local. Um, <laughs> I don't know, animal shelter or what was I big into at the time? Oh, foster care. That was important to me at the time. So that was, that was what I suggested. Find something local, give them money. Tell me you did it. That way you can make me happy. <laughs> no one ever did. So probably says more about my plugins than anything else. <laughs> my plugins were actively detrimental to foster children. That's oh, no. where I was. <laughs> Yeah, like I told you, this is the DGAF mode today. <laughs> um, and on that note, what were you going to say, Gary? I see you open your opening your mouth. <laughs> now it's closed. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Binary Jazz. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Binary Jazz. If you like this episode, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can visit us online at binaryjazz.us or follow us on Twitter at at binaryjazz. Special thanks to Serpiente Negra Ensemble for the use of their tracks for our intro and outro music. You can find them online at serpientenegra.bandcamp.com. Don't forget that you can ask us a question through the forum on the website or on Twitter, and we'll read it aloud on the next episode of Binary Jazz. <laughs>